Hey there, I'm Tony Ann, and I have an overwhelming passion to help moms navigate motherhood without the overwhelm. I went from struggling with motherhood and losing my identity to being productive and living out my version of being a happy mom. On the Real Happy Mom podcast, I interview real moms and experts to help you navigate raising children, self-care, time management, and so much more. So if you're ready to get rid of the overwhelm and start being a real happy mom, join me inside the Real Happy Mom podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. You are tuning in to episode 115, and today I have a very fun guest who is now a friend of mine, and in this episode, we are talking about pets and growing love for animals, because I am going to share a quick fun fact with you. I know some of you guys are probably going to not like me anymore, but that's okay. I'm just going to be honest, but... I don't really care for animals that much. Like I'm not a dog lover or cat lover. Like I don't really do pets. Like the most I'll do is a goldfish and that's pushing it. And (laughs) I am surrounded by a bunch of dog lovers at work. And I know sometimes they're sad because they're like, oh, don't you want a dog? And they get this look like, no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> so today I wanted to bring Annie Colby on so that she can help me and help you if you have a child that wants to have pets, but not really sure about bringing in a brand new dog, but also just kind of, you know, exploring how we can have love for animals too. And I will be honest, since this episode, I have a better appreciation for animals and I have been getting out and seeing more of them and actually making it a point to go out and see them. Now, I will tell you this. I do like seeing animals in the wild. I think it's beautiful. I just don't want them in my house. That That's just me. And um, please do not send me hate mail because I'm not a dog lover, but that's just me. I don't like dogs. Like I don't. Sorry, but (laughs) let me go ahead and jump on into this week's episode so that you can learn more about how you can grow love for animals without having to get a puppy. So let's go ahead and jump on in. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Annie. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. You are going to be bringing this wonderful topic about getting our kids in love with animals. And this is one that I need for myself. (laughs) We got on, I told you that like, if you talk to me, like on my job, like you'll think that like I'm an animal lover. Cause I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dog. And you took him to the vet, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really care for dogs or cats. (laughs) And I will say in my defense, especially for dogs, this is my defense. The reason why I don't like dogs in particular is because Almost 100% of the um, injuries that I've seen on kids, like them having scars on their face, is from um, the dogs attacking them. So that's why I don't personally like them, because I've seen way too many scars on kids' faces from dogs. But there's some cute ones out there, and I'll say cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's about it. I'll tell you, my husband was attacked by a dog when he was younger. Um, he got bit in the face and that's really common because, you know, as for smaller dogs are right in that space, you know, and, um, fortunately that did not deter him from loving animals as much as I do. So, I mean, he is a little bit more cautious, but (laughs) you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I totally get it. I'm, I'm still not there yet. I'm working on it, (laughs) but I I just (laughs) want to die. I know. I wanted you to share just a little bit about you and your background on how you got to where you are now. 
Okay, um, so I write children's books, and a big reason why I got started in this is because, one, I always wanted to write books. I love writing. That's my biggest love of life outside of my family, and um, I just thought for years, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a novel, and every time I got like a chapter or two into it, I just couldn't see myself finishing it. It just, it wasn't me. And then I always wanted to incorporate my children because they're my biggest like passion for things that I do, you know, and I didn't want to start anything that I couldn't take them with. So when I was at a nine to five job, obviously you can't take your kids with you because you have to do your job, you know, and I didn't like that approach. Like I wanted to be an entrepreneur and have my family with me for the journey. And the way that I thought that I could do that was to start doing a children's book series. And so far it's been really good. Um, They've gone to all but two of my events and they've been right there talking about the book and their love of animals with me. So it's been really good. Awesome. I love that. And I didn't even think about making it so that the kids can come because I know so many times my kids are like, can I come with you to work? And I'm like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) too many cooties at work. You can't come. So I love that. I love it. Love it. It's a challenge sometimes because especially when we first started doing it, um, I wasn't sure how they were going to respond in that environment and that setting. And I'm so glad that we just jumped in and did it because they were so natural and just so outgoing and just talking with people, you know, kids are so much easier to talk to than parents sometimes. And, you know, and it was just such a good experience for all of us. Nice. Now you have an undeniable love for animals and I'm just wondering how can we introduce that love and curiosity for animals with our kids? So that is a great question. One of the things that I found, um, For myself, naturally, like growing up, we always had animals, dogs, guinea pigs, cats, like there was just always animals in our space, right? Um, I think one of the biggest things for those who may have hesitation towards getting a dog, you know, (laughs) is to start to study the animals and get to know their personalities and traits. Like that was a big thing for us when um, the kids were of a right age. Um, And that just depends on every household, what you feel is appropriate age-wise for your kids to have a pet. Um, But when we started, we researched the temperament, if they were a family dog, if they um, were super active. Um, Shedding was a factor for my husband, but not so much for me because I have a lot of hair. So I shed all the time. It's, you know... (laughs) It is what it is. Um, But I think trying to do research as a family, because if you do it by yourself, you're going to only go and gravitate towards what's for you. And then if you incorporate your kids, they're going to start to get curious. Well, if a dog is not a good fit or is a good fit, what is or isn't else a good fit? Like some people are cat people. I love cats. My husband doesn't. (laughs) So... You know, we had to do some research as a family to figure out what was a good fit for our environment and our personality. Because I didn't want to just throw it like a parrot would not be a good fit for our environment because we can't dedicate that time to a bird that needs that kind of social interaction and that bonding connection like as much as we would with a dog or a cat who understand like, okay, I've got humans, but then I have my own space. So that that would be how I would how we've looked at it. 
Awesome. Now, I I love how you said to start with studying personalities and traits because I'd never even thought of doing that, especially when it comes to dogs, mm-hmm. because there's so many different types of dogs out there. And then, of course, oh with crossbreeding and all the other different things, I've seen mm-hmm. so many different ones. And the only reason why I know so much is because the ladies at work, they're really big into dogs and they're always like schooling me on, you know, oh, this particular type of dog. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So I'm constantly Googling things like, what is that? Like, it was this one dog. I remember my office manager was telling me about it's some big, huge dog. And I was like, why would you want to have that big old beast in your house? But I learned that they are like pretty nice and even tempered, like you were saying. And it will work perfect for someone who isn't super active and doesn't have like, you know, hyperactive kids and things like that around. So I love that you brought that mm-hmm. up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times we all at some point or another have gone into thinking, oh, if I got this dog, it's just going to be the best dog. Like we grew up with shepherds and Labradors. They're great family dogs. They're amazing. And then we did research because we thought, oh, maybe we'll try a different breed, you know, and see if there's another dog out there that fits our personality traits a little bit. I wanted very large dogs. I didn't want a medium or a large. I wanted really big dogs um, just because I think they're super cute. (laughs) Nothing else other than that. They just, you know, they just tickle me when they run, you know? And my husband was like, I don't think we should do that. And I was like, well, let's get a St. Bernard. Lo and behold, that's the breed that he ended up getting bit by. So that was definitely off the table. And so once we started doing our research, it's like, it really opened up our eyes to the different breeds and the temperaments and the personalities of the different dogs. Some dogs are chasers, you know, so that's something you have to take into consideration when you have littles that run around the house. Like that, that was a big research for us because there were a lot of breeds that I didn't know that actually had that tendency. Yeah. I didn't even think about that part too. The ones that actually like to chase. I just know about the ones that are a little bit more aggressive. Um, I've seen, and then ones that are a little bit like low maintenance, kind of like um, cats mm-hmm. are, they're really chill and even tempered. Those are the ones that um, I tend to hear the most about, um, at least from yeah. the ones that work. Cause like I said, they're always schooling me on, <laughs> on dogs and dog breeds and all that. So that's good that you have this ladies that will school you. I think now you have to take that information and share it with the kiddos and see what works for you guys as a whole unit. Yes, for sure. Now, I'm just curious. Now, outside of the home, outside of having pets, um, where where are some places that we could visit outside of the zoo to see animals with our kids? That's a really good question, too. So I like to spend time and donate my time with the kids at our local shelters. We have spent some time doing that. Um, There are a lot of organizations actually. And if you look locally, you're going to find that there's a bunch of organizations that you can get involved with. And some of them right now, due to certain restrictions that are in place, you'd have to research to see what is allowed at this time. Um, but usually what they'll do is they'll say, oh yes, if you want to donate your time, that's fantastic. And they usually have like a list of things that they need the extra help in. And that's a really good way to also get involved. And they do it for more than just, um, cats and dogs. There's other organizations like, um, very close to where I live. There's a possum rehabilitation organization, as well as a bat, um, nonprofit organization, And they have different programs that you can get involved in or offer different ways to help. And I think that that's also really key because it allows you to see 
the needs of different animals, maybe not just the domestic ones that we're accustomed to, but outside of that in the much larger world that we live in. Yeah, I like that. I didn't even think about possums. <laughs> I was about them in my trash can. <laughs> I, know. I know. Ours are so, we have raccoons and, oh, you can't leave anything out. We put up um, lights to deter them as like a natural way to let them know like nope there's people here still can't come in the yard (laughs) I like I don't like that I need to tell my husband about that trying the lights because I promise I was like really scared for a while because I'm like what is going on outside yeah and (sighs) some little critters getting in the Mm -hmm. trash can so yeah I have no shame no no, (laughs) not even a little bit um and then the bats too I'm like ooh, bats like that's different we have brown bats that fly um, in our backyard from tree to tree doing their thing. And I love it because bats will eat mosquitoes. And I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> mosquitoes yes. drive me crazy. Please eat those mosquitoes because they think I'm <laughs> juicy and they like to eat me. So <laughs> please eat them oh, Just mosquitoes. But when I saw that there was a, it's a little bit of a drive from where we are. But when I saw that, I got very excited because we love bats. Bats are super unique and they're just so cool. So that was a big Big score for us on our find. Oh, yes, for sure. I Even if you told me like, oh, yeah, it's one in Jacksonville, I think I would definitely go check it out just for myself because that just sounds super interesting. Yeah. And the great thing, too, a lot of these nonprofit organizations, they have programs for younger kids, kids that can be accompanied by their parents or an adult to participate, to educate children or families and people individually. So that way that information is, you know, because a lot of people think bats have a preconceived notion about like the type of critters that they are, which in some cases is true, but in a lot of cases, it's not. Bats, there's 1,100 species of bats. That's, there's a lot to know. (laughs) Yes. And you were telling me before about how you went on a trip too, and you're able to see some of these animals in nature, like as they are. So I just wanted you to share that because I thought that was so cool too. We went to Arizona and we got to drive through and it's in Arizona by the Grand Canyon. And it was remarkable because there's, um, they have an Arctic wolf. I never would have seen an Arctic wolf outside of its natural environment. And it was just so unique to just see this this creature just walking by our car. Obviously the windows were up, you know, we took precaution. But you get to drive through and you get to see buffalo and bears. And it was just such a unique experience. And then shortly after that, 40 minutes from Arizona is the Grand Canyon. And when we went to the Grand Canyon, we thought, oh my gosh, one, a natural environment like this is just remarkable and breathtaking on its own. So we're getting ready to leave. We were walking down the this trail and it mile marks back like years. So it goes, I think, up to a hundred million years ago in time or something like that. I can't remember how far back it goes, but it was so cool. So we're walking back and we're like, okay, after this, guys, we're going to go home. We look over the cliff. And a California condor comes sailing right above. And it was just the most amazing scene. There, in the, they'll put it in perspective a little bit. There are less than 500 California condors left in the world in the wild. 
to see that was just, with my family was just such a unique and I get goosebumps every time I tell the story because it was just it just means so much to me to be able to see such a rare unique sighting that I never would have seen had we not gone to a place you know and even that that to go to where they are the chances of still seeing one at that time who you know never would have happened I would have guessed in my lifetime but it did and I'm so grateful for it yeah, so that's definitely another place that we could take the kiddos is out to some of these national parks and things like that. I think I think a lot of times we think about it, oh, just for the scenery, but you forget that there's other animals and critters out there living out there too. You know, it's so funny. Yes, you say that. My dad always tells me, nobody ever looks up. And I'm so glad that those words resonated with me throughout my years because Literally, that's what it was. I looked up and it just came straight up into the sky. And <laughs> thanks for the sage advice, Dad. <laughs> yes, thanks, Dad. <laughs> now, Annie, you have a book, Junior Zubet. And uh, you mentioned it in the in the beginning when we were first talking. And I just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about it and how you even got to this idea of creating this book. My favorite topic. <laughs> so... Um, when I sat down and decided that I was going to write a children's book, I originally was going to write a completely different topic, but it didn't feel right because my kids and I and my husband, we love going to the zoo. We love animals every year, at least once a year. We go to the zoo for our birthdays. That's just our tradition and it's what we do. Um, and so I started thinking about how I would like to take that and make that something to write about my kids and their experience. But I didn't want to do it just like our experience at the zoo. I kind of wanted to make it like something that was theirs that they did, you know, even though we don't own a zoo, which would be cool, but we don't. (laughs) I wanted to kind of make that as our series. And I didn't want to just write about one animal because there's so many amazing animals. I think that are a little bit underrated in um, our day-to-day life, you know, or even at zoos. Uh, my first book is Junior Zubet and the I.I. The I.I. is not a very commonly known animal, especially when you're talking about lions and tigers and elephants. So I wanted to make sure that we incorporated that and gave educational components to it to let people know there's more to it than just this unique looking animal. What else about it can I get from it? That was something that was important to include was the education the story that shows the relation between brother and sister, my two kiddos, and to be able to express that for multiple series, well, for the whole series. Yeah, now you brought up that it is a series. So I was just wondering why it was so important to create this book and make it into a series. Important for the book factor because... I wanted to include my kids. I want my family involved. Everything that I do, I really try to make sure that we are um, included together. I mean, we obviously have our own separate things that we do, but something this big, I really wanted to make sure that they were with me through this journey. And we even do it um, where the books have a little bit more meaning to us. So we take our family and our very close friends, and we use their names for the main characters of the animals in the book. So the name of the I.I. in this story is Isabella, who's a very close friend to us. We love her so much. She's an amazing kid, and she's just fantastic. So we wanted to make sure that they came along in the journey with us, too, because that was really important to all of us. Um, 
this series because, again, there's just so many animals I wanted to talk about and really put out there, um, like the otter, uh, butterflies even. We did some insects into the book to include that because those are all part of our environment and our world. And honestly, a lot of it does to highlight animals that you don't hear about, like the dole. The dole is a rather unique animal that not very many people know about or have heard about. And it's just, I want to make sure that conservationally, me, you know, that these are animals that we're aware of because they do impact our world so greatly. Maybe not our immediate environment where we live today, but they are there and they do make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Now, if we are wanting to get our hands on this book and get into the series, where can we get it? There's a couple of places you can find it. Um, So you can go to my website, www.juniorsyouvet.com. I'm also on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. And I am on Goodreads, Library Thing, um, bookoftheday.org. Those are just a few places that you'll be able to find it. And then obviously on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And I'll make sure to include a majority of those links in the show notes. So if you do want to get a copy of it, you will have an easy way to access it there. But any, I just wanted you to give us either some words of encouragement or a motivational quote first, real happy moms before we sign off. Absolutely. So again, I'm going to steal this one from my dad. If you can't tell I'm a little bit of a daddy's girl. (laughs) This one, my dad says it's the little things in life that count. So I used to always look for those big moments, like those wow moments, but I didn't realize that those little moments led, led up to those big moments. You have to take the good little journey to get to that great, amazing journey. Don't ever underestimate those little wows because they are so important and so special. Yes. So, so true. Now, any, where can we find you online if we want to connect with you? I know you mentioned Facebook and Instagram, but what are your handles out there? I'm sorry. Say that again. No, I was saying, where can we, no, you're good. Where can we find you online if we want to connect with you? I know you mentioned Facebook and Instagram, but I was wondering what those handles were that we could connect with you on social media channels. Right. They're just um, Junior Zoo Vet. You'll find me on that, um, on both. So I've got both Junior Zoo Vet for Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. So, so I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. And e, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us. This was thank a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> and I learned a lot. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This was great. Now that does it for this week's episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links in the show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 115. And if you haven't already, make sure you tune in on Tuesday for another full episode, as well as Thursday for a Mommy Talk Thursday, where we have some little bite-sized episodes here for you. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I want you to do me a favor, rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And especially if you're listening to this episode, on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a rating and review there. That helps me out so, so much. And I'll be so grateful. Now, if you're listening, you're like, Tony Ann, I don't do Apple. I don't have Apple Podcasts. That is fine. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and put it on your Insta stories or Facebook stories so that we can share the message and get the message out to more moms about the Real Happy Mom Podcast. 
Now that's it for this episode. Tune in on Tuesday for another full episode. Take care and with thoughts to love.